Downloads of this show are available on Podomatic.com and the Podomatic mobile app. How's it going, everybody? It's time for the Famous Dead People podcast. That's right, the only podcast that resurrects famous people from the grave and asks them all the hard questions. I'm your host, Jarrett Berenstein, and today we have on the show American literary legend Ernest Hemingway and former President Theodore Roosevelt. Stick around for a little cute bonus content at the end of the episode, as is sometimes the case. Uh, A couple of quick announcements before we get to the episode. Guys, my legendary improv team, Junior Varsity, is being retired. Our last show is going to be Thursday, January 31st at the Magnet Theater at 7 p.m. It's been a really long run. It's going to be a whole month full of tender goodbyes and reunion shows. So you're going to want to swing by the Magnet uh, one of those Thursdays, if not the last Thursday, uh, January 31st. Uh, also, you can check out the freshest episodes of Famous Dead People every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. Email us at famousdeadpeople at radiofreebrooklyn.org. Buy my book, The Kellyanne Conway Technique. Rate and review the podcast. Tell your friends. But for now, sit back, relax, and enjoy Theodore Roosevelt and Ernest Hemingway only on Famous Dead People. Famous dead it's time. Famous dead people. Time to start the show. Famous dead people. Oh, you know. Famous dead people. Famous dead people. Famous stories stuck in the head. My guests today on Famous Dead People are early 20th century American novelist and short story writer, famous for such works as A Farewell to Arms and The Sun Also Rises, Ernest Hemingway. Hi! And 26th President of the United States, a driving force of the progressive era in America, and one of the faces on Mount Rushmore, President Theodore Roosevelt. Bully! Hello, world! Uh, President Roosevelt, Mr. Hemingway, thank you so much for joining us here on Famous Dead People. Oh my God, it's my pleasure! I like to talk! <laughs> so let's uh, Jesus. start off with uh, coming in hot here. Uh, let's start Spicy. off with um, uh, Ernest Hemingway. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you are one of the most influential American writers of all time. Oh. Many of your works are considered classics of American literature, and much of your influence has to do with what you called your iceberg theory of writing. Is oh that correct? Oh, my God. Yeah, totally. Okay. Thank you for bringing that up. I just want to immediately jump in and say books are stupid. Books are stupid. <clears throat> and yeah, oh, absolutely. And reading is dumb. Hmm. Interesting. Um, it oh. is a, a take that I was not expecting from you. I got to be honest. For sure. Uh, and I can see that because like you've written a book. I have written a book. And you probably read. Yes, I do. Um, Ooh, those both are those things. Both are <laughs> dumb as hell. And I'm going to talk about it. Yeah, sure. Right, so, like, yeah, go into it. Uh, sometimes God gifts and curses you with nimble and lithe, beautiful fingers. Mm. Perfect for clickety-clacketing on a typewriter gotcha. or scribbly-dibbling out a few notes. Oh, scribbly-dibbling. <laughs> um, and so... That was my gift and my curse. And I was like, okay, I guess I have to write. But writing is so dumb. So you were doing these things just because it was an accept. You recognized that this was a gift that God had given you that you had to give to the world. Right. Like not everyone can be a hand model. But you hated it. So I was like, if I have to write less words. Less words. Okay. And people who have to read want less words. Okay. Well, let's let's, um, just go uh just like backpedal for just a hot yeah second. turn around bright eyes so what is <laughs> what is if you could if you could for layman for the layman out there mm. what is the iceberg theory of writing okay well first of all hi layman um second of all icebergs are like big things of ice mm-hmm. right there's a you see a little bit of it mm. you're like hmm that's a big thing of ice okay well buckle up because there's a lot more ice so under much the more water ice than you don't see. Saddle up for that ice. <laughs> Yeehaw, ice. Um, okay, so how does what is how does this relate to your writing, your theory of writing? So, uh, let's think about like if you're reading one of my books, you're gonna get like four words a sentence. Mm. That's the ice. The man went to the store. Yeah, that's like I can't count. So, but we'll say he five. fell in love with her. Right, and you're like, Ooh. okay, got it, got it. I don't, I don't need more. <laughs> Sharp to the point. I love it. That's a whole book you just wrote. I see. Okay. So you weren't into like sort of like the more flowery, you know, um, uh, so we'll say Virginia Woolf style of writing, you know, just like very. uh, Well, I'm against women in general. (laughs) Uh, 
But I uh, see. But it's, it's not a position that we condone here on the show. But I understand. Oh no, I'm a huge fuck. Okay. I'm the worst. I mean, it seems just based on your relationship experience that that track. <laughs> hey, um, this guy gets it. Gotcha. And so um, you could say that like um you're the tight even the title of your book, The Old Man in the Sea, is an example right, you're like, you of d- iceberg. You actually don't need, you don't need to read it. It's it's about the old man and the sea. Mm-hmm. Um, do you wish that you had been as straightforward with some of your other book titles? For example, The Sun Also Rises is not about a sun rising. That book would need to have been called something like... It would be called, like, War Bad. <laughs> War Ooh, Bad. Uh, I was thinking, like, a guy who can't have sex goes to Spain. Oh, yeah. Um, you know? Oh, <laughs> I, I disagree with you. War good. <laughs> oh, I see. Okay, well, then we'll, we'll change it. We'll call it um, mm-hmm. uh, No Dick Travel. No Dick Travel. Mm-hmm. Okay. You Ooh. know, I have not... I have not read The Sun Also Rises. So he can't have sex because he has no dick. Uh, it got blown up It got blown the up war. in the war. Yeah, yeah totally. Uh, he's I, like, uh, uh, war? Good. Then his dick gets blown off. And he's now, like, wait a war minute. bad. I'm not sure oh, about war anymore. I don't anymore. know. Teddy, do you have your dick from the Hold war? Hold on a second. <laughs> no, I've held on to my dick for all my years. That's, it's, thank goodness. It's my that. close companion and it's my true friend. I call him <laughs> TRJR. Teddy Roosevelt Jr. I gotta put that together. That is that is some iceberg writing right there. Iceberg! <laughs> I'm just glad to be here with Teddy Roosevelt. We're just two bastions of masculinity. Mm-hmm. Ah. Uh, finally getting to play off of each other. Hello. Yeah, just finally yeah. getting some men here in the studio. Thank God. Yes. A couple of bruises. Strapping. Talk about ladies. Thinking you know. about girls. Get Thinking sure. about glasses of alcohol. <laughs> Interesting. And how. And how. Wonderful. That is such a wonderful arc for a character. I think war is good. Now I can't use my dick. Hold on. I could use my dick before the war. Mm -hmm. Maybe war is not so great. I can see why you are considered (laughs) one of the one of the pinnacles of American writing. Uh, Let's move over to uh, Teddy Roosevelt for just a moment. Good morning. I am (laughs) a huge fan of yours, Teddy Roosevelt. I love reading about all your various accomplishments, your life philosophies, the way that you governed. But I'd like to start by asking you about your early life. Oh, my early days when I was a wee sapling. Yes, yes. Uh, So I read that one of the reasons why you remained so strenuously physically active in your life with all the exercise Mm -hmm. and the outdoor activity is because you had poor health as a child. Is that right? Yes, I was a sickly little boy. God didn't want me and I said no. (laughs) God didn't want you and you said no. Indeed. God cursed me to have lungs that didn't want air and I said bully. (laughs) I will bully you into submission and strength out the weakness in my body. I see. Now, so I did read about your debilitating asthma, um, but the Wikipedia didn't mention any of the other conditions that you had many it listed you as like a sickly child so like what else besides the asthma caused you to be a child that we would describe as having poor health yes sickly is a vague term i suffered from every possible pain known to humans every possible pain god really didn't want you god doesn't want me that's what my father always said papa says god says no no tr i see wow that's i mean there's a lot to unpack there i just i read that you had such a great relationship with your dad but that seems like such a mean thing well i loved him because he brought me down and made me stronger interesting points Sometimes you appreciate when people are more upfront with you, mm-hmm. and those are the people that you respect more. Yes, that's okay. why I'm such a strong male, both physically, mentally, and emotionally. <laughs> I will take in your problems and listen! Okay, so you had every affliction known to mankind when you were young. That is what you said, correct? Anything you could survive, which I did. Okay, so uh, we'll say polio? Polio I had, and polio. I beat it into submission. Okay. I held polio down. Drowned it underwater, and then my body said, "I am stronger than the polio." Oh my goodness! My measly removed cousin FDR could not defeat it. Oh no, no. He, <laughs> well, I mean, he he did a great job for a while. Sure, he put in a few good rounds. <laughs> he put in a few good rounds, but then polio eventually got the win by T.O. That's right. <laughs> or I would say, judge decision. Judge decision. Judge decision. <laughs> I judge the decision as a loss. <laughs> it was a real close game. Game, though. Yes, indeed. I love being strong. I also wanted to, unless there were any other diseases and ailments that you wanted to get into, I was going to suggest like maybe, I don't know, uh, ALS, maybe? Oh, yes. That? I beat it before Lou Gehrig didn't. <laughs> oh, I see. 
They would have called it Theodore Roosevelt disease, but you beat it. Yeah. No, that's what they call it when you defeat ALS. They call it Teddy Roosevelt's success. You say, <laughs> we have diagnosed you with Teddy Roosevelt success. Yes, I hope I, everyone in the hospital gets to hear they have Teddy Roosevelt's success. It's almost yeah. like you would be a real home run. Yeah, you wouldn't even go. Bully, I saw what you Blue did Gay. there. Yeah. It, it, You're it, like it, Double Day over there. It's kind of funny to go to the hospital because you have a case of Teddy Roosevelt success because that just it's means so that everyone not... can high five you. <laughs> but it just means that you're not afflicted by anything. Yes. It means you're fine now. At one point, you are brought in ready to crumble at the touch as my sickly boy body was. And then you grow strong. Strong. Mm, this child has Teddy Roosevelt success. Do you get too strong? <laughs> oh, well, I think that's why I died. God said he's too, too strong. strong now. He's had his time. We have to nerf you Teddy scared Roosevelt. scared God. Yeah. I scared God because. I am a strong man. Send him right to hell because he's too dangerous for heaven. I also wanted to delve into your uh, curiosity as a child. Mm. It seems like you had a natural passion for learning that you developed early on. Um, you had an interest in zoology that the Wikipedia says Ooh. that you developed at the age of seven when you saw a dead seal at a local market. Is that right? Yes, I saw that seal and said, he looks too much like me. I need to keep him. Really? You saw a dead seal and you <laughs> thought, oh my God, twinsies? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I'm looking in a mirror here. Yes, I did. I said, that is a buff creature of the sea <laughs> and that will look like me. I think it's weird. I mean, we don't usually, we don't see seals in the market these no. days, right? Mm, was yes. that a normal thing that you would just, there would be seals? Were they too died. delicious? The way you have Christmas ham, we had Christmas seal at Sagamore. <laughs> Now, are you also saying that you look like a big, like, shiny, wet dog? I'm, yes. Mm. Indeed, if, if I, in my human form, try to look as close to a seal with a mustache as possible. You know, I gotta say he succeeded. Thank yeah. you, sir. He succeeded. It's like looking in a mirror. You if were... I were a seal. Thank you. You wish you were, yeah. because then you'd look like me. That is some iceberg writing there. Ernest iceberg. Hemingway. Tip of the iceberg. Uh, so second of all, I read that you brought the seal's head home mm -hmm. um, because you're so fascinated uh, with it. Would you remember what you did with the seal's head that you brought back to your house from the market? And what did you do with the body? Well, I, I just read that he took the head. The, the, the body they might have. Did you have. steal like a street rat? <laughs> no, don't talk about the body. No, I don't want to talk about the body. All right, well, we can just leave the body. I definitely didn't give the body as a gift to a rejected lover. <laughs> oh, my God. Somebody that you rejected, yes. you then gave the body to. <laughs> no, thanks. Here's seal body. Yes, I was worried they wouldn't get the message home, so I mailed them the seal body and kept the head for myself. because. Oh. That's, you know, the same way you post a picture of yourself as to what you physically aspire for. I mm. kept the head so I could look like the seal head. Gotcha. Like a mood board. You, like a mood board. Yes, exactly. You couldn't take a picture with your camera phone because you didn't have it. So yes. you just took the actual <laughs> head oh. home with you. I do wish I grew up in modern times. Then I wouldn't have had to murder a seal. That's true. Well, I read that the seal was already dead. Did you kill the seal that was at the market? That first one, no, but many other <laughs> seals afterwards. I see, I Once see. You get a taste for seal, you just don't go back. I gotta say, I really think that um, that was a nice thing that you did, sending the dead seal body to that girl that you rejected, just because, mm -hmm. you know, um, it's like, it, you know, that was that was a nice thing to get back then. It's like getting a side of beef yes. or something, right? I've read of this Derek Jeter character and how he gives gift baskets to one-night stands. <gasps> Wait, I didn't really? know about that. Oh, yes, that's just a fun fact about Derek Jeter. I have learned <laughs> oh my in my knowledge of surprise, the Yankees are still a team. <laughs> Good for them. They've had on 27 championships. Good They're pretty good. good. Wow. That is something I, I'm going to I do Google, love athletes. Google the one night stand Derek Jeter gift basket. It's the afterwards. worst thing you can dig up on him is that he gave a gift to women he slept with. Is it the same basket every time? That would be efficient, but mean. Yeah. <laughs> but I gave a dead seal. Mm, the best would, we could do at the time. I would have an assistant figure out like what that girl really, really was into and then mm. tailor the baskets to them specifically. Yeah, what's crazy that it's always dead seal. <laughs> it's always yes. dead seal. These ladies love dead seal. Now, uh, Ernest Hemingway, you mm -hmm. had a number of wives in your life. Yes. Married four times. Mm. A bit of a bit of a romantic jumping from one infatuation to the next. Oh, Did you ever do anything like that? Anything like sending a dead seal to, to uh, any of the women that you divorced or... 
Uh, any any anything else to sort of like commemorate the end of your relationships? Yeah, I would have I would um commission artists like you know I have a lot of friends like Picasso, right? Your friends Picasso, and I would be like, hey, I'm gonna cheat on my wife again. Um, <laughs> can you do another painting of me like just just getting it with this new girl? Oh, you sound like a belabored task. I oh, gotta do this again. It took. <laughs> Hours. It was no fun. I hated it every time. Oh, it's like uh, a chore. <laughs> marriage is a chore. You are that rare misogynist that also hates sleeping with women, being involved with them in any level. Of course. The yeah. perfect situation, mm -hmm. just fishing with some bros. Oh, yeah. Mm Taking off whatever. Oh, you would have loved being in the Navy. <laughs> You would have been a rough rider with me and my boys. Oh, would I? <laughs> yes, you would. Yeah. If you were just joining us, this is Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn, and my guests today are 26th President of the United States, Theodore Roosevelt. Teddy Roosevelt. And early 20th century American novelist, Ernest Hemingway. Ernest Hemingway. So, uh, going back to uh, Mr. Hemingway for just a mm -hmm. moment. So, you showed an early interest in journalism. Uh, but when you were only 18 years old, you volunteered to be an ambulance driver in Italy during World War One. Is that right? Yeah. Well, it's not. I didn't like volunteer. Mm, okay. But, Everything in the Wikipedia says that you volunteered, that this was a, a thing that you did. But you're saying that's not true. No, I was like, give me a gun. Oh, okay. Yes, grab that gun. And they <laughs> just wanted to just just put it right in my hand. But. Yes, take that gun. Uh, get a good grip a, on it. There is a there is an energy in the air. Here. It ah, is a yes. testosterone-ific up in this house. Yes, load that musket. That is not what but I they, was, specifically but what I was going to say, but whatever. Go ahead. Go ahead. Interesting. Um, <laughs> but they were like, no, no, you're like too eager. And also you like can't see anything. Hmm. So why don't you... Drive the biggest car. Okay. Ooh. Interesting. We don't trust you to look where you're shooting the gun. So instead, we want you to be in charge of driving our sick and wounded yeah, 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 to yeah, get yeah. help. And quickly. And quickly. As and fast quickly. as possible. You just through, get out of there foreign as soon streets. as you can. Gotcha. So this was not a choice that you made. Uh, you wanted to be a soldier. That was, I that wanted was to be thing. right at the front line. I wanted to be shot mm. uh, and killed. I see. Uh, a lot of your, yeah. we're going to get into this later. It seems like you had kind of an accident prone life. It doesn't surprise me that you were just trying, looking to get killed by somebody or something. Have you ever seen the movie Final Destination? I have seen the movie Final Destination. I was like aiming for that. <laughs> you wish. <sighs> like, I wanted to die so bad. Your you know, was I know. Like a reverse it's Final the reverse. It's like the reverse Teddy Roosevelt because like, God was like, no, stay. And I was like, around. take me. Come on. Yes, yes. That usually means God thinks you're weak. You need more time to supplement the plant of life. I'll kill you. You keep on like, I will fight the seal for you. <laughs> All right. You kept on like, Leaving the gas on and like oh walking out to traffic. Like Harold and Modding, yeah, dropping a toaster <laughs> in a tub. Uh, nothing would stick. Oh, that well, is a one shame. thing eventually stuck. We will, well, we will get to that in just a moment. Shadowing. So. No, that's a narrative device. <laughs> I love it. Bully. Yeah, maybe, maybe a little more iceberg in that writing, uh, Mr. Hemingway. So. Ooh, uh, I don't. No, people I love ask... when you say the narrative device. That you're doing. <laughs> it's true. Uh, so I wanted to ask you. So you were seriously wounded very quickly, um, which again is is true to character because mm -hmm. you're reverse final destinationing. Mm -hmm. uh, the Wikipedia says that about a month after you arrived in Italy, you were hit by mortar fire. Uh, and this is the part that I have a problem with. While you were on your way... I have a problem with the mortar fire, but go ahead. <laughs> okay. Yes. Uh, while you were on your way to bring chocolates and cigarettes to the men at the front line, and I have to ask you if that's true, because it kind of sounds like something you made up, because it's the sort of thing they couldn't check. It's like, oh no, oh no, I was hit by a mortar while I was bringing toys to this children's hospital. Oh, oh yes. no. Sorry, oh, I couldn't oops. be there. I was busy oh. fighting a bull moose. Exactly, yeah. Like, like, was there was there any truth to that happening? Well, I mean, I do love gifts. Okay. I love sharing. All right. But yeah, you caught me, detective. <laughs> I was jerking off. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. so you were not no, the most embarrassing thing mm -hmm. uh, it, you can do in war is stand in the middle of the trenches and just go to town and just go and just beat it. Hmm. And, and then beat it like they, crazy. and that's here the thing I didn't realize it. That's who they aim the mortars at specifically. Whoa! So Ooh. the Jerry's would aim their mm -hmm. mortars, the damn Boches themselves, at <laughs> at 
whoever was jerking off in the trenches. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You would have more. loved to be a rough rider. We actually encouraged this behavior at a group jerk-off session. Wait, so you would encourage the jerk-offs knowing that the the enemy would specifically aim for the people who were jerking off? I mean, how strong of a move is that? We're so in command, <laughs> we're going to just all jack off the wall together. Yeah, it's pretty intimidating if you're just like looking for the one dude jerking off. You're, you're the mortar person. You're looking for the one dude jerking off, and you just see the a, entire a, a group, the see, entire uh, battalion. I'd award a medal to anyone that made direct eye contact with the enemy <laughs> as they jerked off. See, that's what I needed. I needed comrades. I, see. I was alone. And then you know, then you go to the hospital, and you're like, oh, I was just giving chocolate to friends. Mm. I wasn't doing, I don't know, that. <laughs> I see. Inquisitive. Well, you know, it's a cover story that lasted until now. So you you were doing something. Oh right. my god, this, is this live? This is, <laughs> this is live. This is definitely going out live. Ah, beans. Uh, let's go back over to uh, Teddy Roosevelt for just a moment. Hello. Uh, so you held a number of uh, political offices, mm. some elected, some appointed. Mm-hmm. Um, in 1894, you were offered a position on the board of the New York City Police Commissioners. Indeed. You became president of the board and began radically reforming the police force. Yes. And I know this is a long time ago, but would you be able to tell us some of the changes you made to the police force in New York back in 1894? Like, what was it like? What were the changes that you implemented? Well, it was a tough time. The mm-hmm. streets of New York were always the streets of New York, but I knew a way to spice things up. Okay. I was the first person to commission every officer to Luna learn a full dance routine as a police officer. Oh, I'm into that. <laughs> yes, you should be. Nothing says peacetime like officers dancing in the street in a coordinated effort. Just, uh, just want to pump the brakes for just a hot second. So you said one of the ways that you spiced up the New York uh, police force. So first question, it needed spicing up? That, oh, was, of that course. was the thing that you thought? <laughs> of course, you need to spice up your life. It's so okay. dull being All a cop. Right. It's, a tough jo- it's a tough job. It's a tough job. I definitely would never have said dull. I definitely would never have said that it needed to be spiced up. But oh, if yes, you're, indeed. I, I trust you. I mean, crime is tough. That is serious and does keep things interesting. Mm-hmm. But does it keep it fun? That's, uh, yeah, no. It does so you've not got keep it cops fun. doing a coordinated dance. Correct. Did you, Wonderful. Did you have, like, a construction worker? And a motorcycle guy <laughs> and well, yes, a Native American, Native chief. American Yes, it was it wasn't as they say PC then, but we did have one of those as well. Wonderful. Okay, that sounds like a a, a benefit. Sounds like a good change. Anything mm-hmm. else that you remember that uh Yeah, they all sang a song called In the Navy Ooh. because I was the naval commander later. That's oh. true. Well, you know, I know that at this point in your life you'd already written that book about the the way that the Navy affected the War of 1812. And mm. so I find this completely plausible that you would, that the song that you would teach the policemen to sing, it was about how great the Navy was. Yes, I think at the end of the day, we called our routine the village people. Ooh, because you were protecting the villages in New York. That makes sense. No, because yeah, we all, kept hanging out sense. in Greenwich Village after the park. <laughs> Excellente. <laughs> What a if wonderful only the, place. If Thank only there was you, a place a where they could um, get themselves clean and have a good meal. Mm. Mm. Uh, I guess yeah. we'll never know. I well, we'll, I, never well know. that's a bit an idea. I never panned out. You just want to have a bunch of young men in a Christian association. <laughs> <laughs> just hanging out. Just, just maxing out, just relaxing. Just maxing out, you know, relaxing I've always, out. I've always felt that there isn't a place where young Christian the, men can mm-hmm. associate. You yes. know what I mean? And they have to be young. And it would they have, have to, they have have to, to be, be young. young. 18 to young. 19 and no more. <laughs> Just give them as young as they can. Young get as them. legally <laughs> as sociable <laughs> and acceptable. <laughs> because that's what I'm for. Now, I have a couple of changes that I wanted to ask you about. But before we get to that, anything else that you wanted to bring up? Any other changes that you made to the New York City Police Force? Things that were that way, but that you made into a different way. Anything that you wanted to add? I just made sure all my police officers kissed their loved ones before their shift. That's nice. <laughs> Did you watch to make sure? <laughs> Every time. Every time. Okay, because mm. I did read that you began the process of hiring based on physical and mental qualifications rather than political affiliation. Is that true? That is true. I... Okay, so so you confirm me this. This is true. So the way that you used to hire police officers was based on their political affiliation. Mm-hmm. What did you play with the game? No physical requirements, no mental requirements. Too many weak little shrimp on the police force that 
played the game. <laughs> I see. Okay. But I found the ripest, strongest men <laughs> who are ready to bully their weakness into submission as they work the streets and crime. I see. I, I read that you also installed telephones in the station houses. Yes, I just thought they you were cool. monster. <laughs> no telephones in the station houses before Teddy Roosevelt took over. Indeed. I How didn't think was... they were practical. I just thought they were cool. You, wait, so this was not for any practical reason. You just enjoyed them. No, I it was fun to just call your buddy and say, guess where I am right now? The other side of town. And then everyone's like, oh my God, that's yeah. so crazy. I'm yeah, and they started you. using yeah. them practically. But the good old days were just a lot of walkie-talkie conversations. Walkie-talkies. That, that's almost like a prank, kind of. Mm. It's, right. it's like yes. the worst prank ever. But oh, yes. What do you mean, like calling like, your friend? They were like, hey, like, because, you know, I guess if they have a phone too. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> didn't think that one through. Mm, That's okay. To, Save it for some of that iceberg. Someone needs to hide more of that iceberg. You know. I really showed my whole berg we, there for a second. <laughs> Apologies, ladies and germs. He let's, just showed his iceberg. He showed through the whole thing. Uh, let's move back over to uh, Hemingway for just a moment. Oh, so yeah. you eventually moved to Paris mm -hmm. uh, to write. You moved there with your first wife, Hadley Richardson. It rolls off the tongue. Hadley. Just, just beautiful Hadley. Name. Hadley Richardson. Oh. And there, you meet some other influential writers and artists of the time. Gertrude Stein, Pablo mm -hmm. Picasso, mm -hmm. Ezra Pound, mm -hmm. James Joyce. Looking back, that is an incredible lineup of influential artists. Could you tell that something special was happening within that group, that you were all sort of destined for greatness? Was there a vibe, you know? Yeah, everyone was super annoying. Annoying? Yeah, and you <clears> could <throat> tell. You know, when you're around people who know that they're smart. Okay, yeah. <laughs> And they're like, oh, I wrote another book mm -hmm, or whatever mm -hmm. Gertrude Stein did. <laughs> yes. You I... had this incredible friendship with Gertrude Stein. No idea what she did. Yeah, she was like, no idea what she she'd did. be like, oh, check out my and I'd be like, la, 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 la. <laughs> Don't want to hear it. Oh, that Woman explains, that explains a lot. None, thank you. Mm -hmm. Um. Right, that is some classic Hemingway misogynism right there. <laughs> you know, I'm one love of the most feminist writers ever, and you just tuned her the fuck out. Mm, that's the first well, thing that makes you know that this misogynism is Hemingway misogynism. <laughs> it's deep and it's crippling. Um, well, because one time she was like, okay, let me like pitch something to you. And she's like, a rose is a rose is a rose. And I'm like, slow down. <laughs> The berg, honey. Mm -hmm. The iceberg. <laughs> a rose is. Period. That's a whole book. End of sentence. Mm -hmm. End of paragraph. End of book. Right. End of life. Dunzo. Uh, all right. So this actually, um, so yeah, everybody you saying was really annoying because it, they all kind of knew that they were destined for greatness is what you're saying. Oh, my God. And they were like, and I can speak French, too. And I, I don't know if I can. <laughs> Wait, so you don't know if you can speak French. Well, you, you know, sometimes when you like can kind of pick up words mm -hmm, where they're like mm -hmm. oh you know like i know bonjour that's mm. enough yeah i feel that's like enough that's a whole book right <laughs> there that's enough you can just go to someone else's land and say my thing now <laughs> yeah that's a, i mean that tracks that tracks like you get there's definitely one way to live when you're abroad mm -hmm. um just to delve a little bit more into your uh specific relationships uh, I know that you eventually had a falling out with Gertrude Stein yeah, 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 there yeah. in Paris, lasted for decades. Mm. Do you remember what that fight was about? It's not on the Wikipedia. Well, all. okay, so the whole Rose finagle. Mm -hmm. And then uh, she would be like, oh, you know what's cool? Homosexuality. Mm. And I'd be like, let me tell an opposite opinion. <laughs> um, in general, not a big fan. Okay. Yes. And all right. So she was like, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, women. <laughs> I do. Of course. Uh, second question. Fire uh, away. I read that you and James Joyce used to get hammered together pretty regularly in Paris. Mm, kill me more. He could have been there. Hmm? <laughs> I'm sorry. What? He could have been there. Wait, sure. So you don't know if it was James Joyce that you were drinking with. I'm I'm drunk now. I see. I mean, that is theoretically uh, you will be remembered, but probably not. <laughs> okay. This is not surprising at all that you are one of the most. Uh, famous drunks of all time. So it does not surprise me that you were so drunk you didn't know that you were getting hammered with James. It's a miracle I can do anything. <laughs> it's true. Um, unfortunately, we're going to have to take a short break. Um, but we've got... Uh, so we'll be right back uh, here on Famous Dead People with Ernest Hemingway Hi. and Theodore Roosevelt. Fight a bull! Stay with us. Famous Dead People. 
Hey everybody, just want to take a quick break to remind you to subscribe to Famous Dead People on iTunes or whatever app you are using to listen to podcasts. Rate us five stars, leave a comment, tell your friends. All that stuff helps us out a ton. And feel free to hit us up at famousdeadpeople at radiofreebrooklyn.org if you want a specific famous dead person on the show or if you have any comments that you want to shoot over to us. Whatever we love hearing from fans. Uh, also, check out my book, The Kellyanne Conway Technique. It is out now. It is hilarious. I hope that you will check that out and read that and uh, leave reviews, awesome reviews on Amazon or barnesandnoble.com or whatever and tell your friends to read it because it's super funny and I want that money. Also, go check out jaredbarrington.com for all the latest on my show dates and uh, up-to-date project information. And lastly, if you really like Famous Dead People and you want to send us some money to help keep the show on the air, go to radiofreebrooklyn.org slash famousdeadpeople and click on the support the show button. Thanks again for listening. And now back to the podcast. Welcome back to Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn. Famous Dead People, the only show that resurrects famous people from the grave and asks them all the hard questions. I am your host, Jarrett Berenstein, and we are here every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. My guests in the studio today are 26th president of the United States, a driving force of the progressive era in America, and one of the faces on Mount Rushmore, President Theodore Roosevelt. Panama Canal! And... Uh... <laughs> Uh, um, 20th century, early 20th century American novelist and short story writer, famous for such works as A Farewell to Arms and The Sun Also Rises, Ernest Hemingway. Yes, Gaga. <laughs> okay. so, uh, let's, uh, let's go back to, uh, President Roosevelt for just a moment. So, oh. in, uh, 1898, uh, an American naval ship exploded mm. while docked in Cuba. You immediately blame Spain for this explosion and push for war. Yes. I wish I was there. You are. You wish. The assistant secretary of the Navy at this time. Mm -hmm. But when the Spanish-American War actually begins, you resign and form the first U.S. volunteer cavalry, which you call the Rough Riders. The Rough Riders. The Rough Riders. Okay. Now, just, just you know, this doesn't have to be a lengthy answer, but just, you know, as succinct as you can make it, obviously, Rough Riders. How rough were they? It is. Yes. <laughs> My answer to that is yes. <laughs> it is not the question I was going to ask. Uh, it is obviously it has a sexual connotation now to Rough Riders and you know it did then too okay that answers my question so you were fully aware of what you were doing by naming it by naming your group the Rough Riders yes indeed okay so according to the Wikipedia applications to join the Rough Riders pour in from all over the country you pick a diverse group of men including Ivy Leaguers professional athletes cowboys Native Americans minor sheriffs and my personal favorite upscale gentlemen yes indeed I have to imagine that these men all submitted very wildly different applications to join your Rough Riders. Mm -hmm. Was there anything specific you were looking for that helped you decide who to let join that, you know, there were so many different kinds of men that you ended up picking? There was one question that mattered more than the others. Ooh, okay. Are you holy? <laughs> <laughs> That's what my, like, <laughs> criteria would be, too. That's so nice. Sorry, uh, Ernest Hemingway, uh, your criteria for what exactly? <laughs> what was your what, what what were you what was your question that you were asking people that the correct <laughs> what what was what was your application that you were giving to people that the only important <coughs> question was are you horny? Oh, yeah. I, if I were uh, recruiting some rough uh, riders, I see. Because I, I was see. like, oh, I have a definite number one question. Okay. I wonder if it's the same as my buddy T.R. Teddy Roosevelt. Hello. You asked people to apply to be part of the rough riders. Mm -hmm. How many questions were on this application? How many how many criteria were you asking people to submit? To be in the Rough Riders. It was 432 questions. 432 questions. And only one <laughs> that you mattered. ignored all of them. Outright. <laughs> the only question that mattered was, are you horny? Yes, question 69, <laughs> are you horny? <laughs> Oh, that is some classic Teddy Roosevelt right TR there. knows how to get him hard. Gotcha. <laughs> TR knows how to get him hard. You can't so, spell hard without TR. Yes, you no, can. you can. You can. You can. All three of us being writers, we know. Mm -hmm. We know that you can. All right. Agree to disagree. So mm. you send all these applications. Uh, the people that say yes to "Are you horny?" question sixty nine. You let in. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, going through that list, one of, the Wikipedia says that one of the groups of people that you included were upscale gentlemen. Uh, who were these upscale gentlemen who joined the Rough Riders? Do you remember any specific? Upscale yeah. gentleman, because I'm also curious what that 
category means exactly. Yes. Uh, are you familiar with the potato chip Pringles? Yes. The yes. Pringles man was one of these upscale gentlemen. Uh, Mr. Peanuts? Mr. Maybe Peanuts? Okay. The Monopoly man. Gotcha, gotcha. And my buddy Bill. <laughs> and your friend Bill. Is the guy named Bill. Yes. Just a man <laughs> named Generally Bill. Generally Bill. He was Bill. Gotcha. The only of one. Dollar Bill? <laughs> You would think, but Dollar Bill wasn't horny enough. Oh my gosh! Not simply not horny. Simply enough. not. Mm. He's, his answer was kind of. He just sixty nine. So you, the answer it was it was are you horny? And then you have the blank space for either yes or no. And it was yes, no, or other. And he chose other and said kinda. Gadget, did you let anybody in who put who clicked other on their are you horny question? Yes, it was mostly people that said hell yeah, bro. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> So people would put things like, uh, you're a lieutenant, uh, double yes. Yes. yes, hell yeah, you bet your ass, motherfucker. Like, those are those are the acceptable answers on the other line. And yes, and there was one check, please. <laughs> I see. Now, uh, so you have this diverse group of men uh, in the Rough Riders, uh, upscale gentlemen who look like Mr. Pina, the Monopoly guy. Correct. Um, so, and... You know, I read that the Rough Riders kind of designed their own gear for going into battle. You weren't just using government issue gear. Yes. Uh, can you go into a little bit more detail in that? Like, what exactly were your soldiers bringing into battle that wasn't like the traditional material that people would bring into battle? Well, a lot of strength and individuality there, showing who you are, what you represent. So we had our construction workers dressed like construction workers. We had our Native Americans dressed like Native Americans. Uh, 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 our leather people dressed like... I was just about like to say, where's the leather? Where's the leather? Yes. <laughs> So one of the categories this was leather. One people. of the categories of people that you admitted into the Rough Riders was just leather people. Yes, <laughs> and you'd be surprised how many leather people there were. I, w I am surprised. There were exactly sixty-nine submissions. <laughs> And not surprisingly, they were all super horny. They were yes. all super horny. Yes, they were. They were some horny, horny boys. Unbelievable. You know what? Thinking about this list and thinking about the way that you recruited, it doesn't surprise me that the Rough Riders were a wildly successful battalion during mm -hmm. the Spanish-American War. That just, that just makes good sense to me. We just confused the shit out of those Spanish soldiers. Mm -hmm. And everyone had their skill, you know, like in the, mm -hmm. like in the Dirty Dozen. You know, you, mm -hmm. got, you got your uh, explosives guy. You got your locks guy. You got your, your leather <laughs> yeah, we had we had our kissing boy. We had our hand job man. <laughs> we had our cuddle man. He was a big fella. Because you know the bigger people are more room for the pushing. There's a ladies. I'm alive and my wife is dead. There's a good cuddling to be had there. Moving on to uh, Ernest Hemingway for just a moment. So mm -hmm. reading through your Wikipedia, it seems to me we talked about this a little bit. You're That's very right. injury prone. Injured by the mortar during uh, during the war, mm -hmm. uh, you accidentally pulled a skylight down on your head in a Paris bathroom, uh, broke your arm in a car accident in Montana, concussion from a different car accident in <laughs> London, amoebic dysentery in Africa, two plane crashes in the Congo. Right after it, in right a row. Right after another. Yeah. God, boy, you sure God didn't want you? <laughs> That's the, am I too strong? But I'm just asking, because we discussed earlier that you re desperately wanted to die your entire life, so you've just been reverse final destinationing. Mm -hmm. So you're saying that all of these are examples of you reverse final destinationing. All oh, of those. Just trying to just, I guess, yeah, yeah I, want, I want to meet God really mm. bad so I can kick his ass. Yeah. Oh, I like that idea. Yeah, I knew you would. Hey, trying, trying to seduce death yes. into taking your body. Let's tag team I, death. Like, the devil's trying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Mr. Hemingway, you were saying. No, sorry, I'm sorry. Sorry, I was just, sorry. I was just um, having a convivial conversation with my fellow horny, horny fella. Um, yes. Hey, I think, you know, we're all pretty horny in this room. <laughs> it's a three, we're just it's three a men in a horny studio room. space. This is a horny, horny and studio. we're beautiful. The way that men are. We're yes. just horny. Just a couple of guys. Mm -hmm. Just super fucking Thinking about athletes. Yes. <laughs> writing about them in the paper. Yes. Mm. Have you seen Sandy Koufax? Have I? Hot man. <laughs> Thinking about what's the best place to fish for trout. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know what that means. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't. So all of these are all of these accidents, you know, and even the, the plane crashes in the Congo, those were your doing. Like you actually 
made those happen? Yeah, I would blow up anything I entered. Ooh, like Mr. Glass <laughs> in uh, in the movie Unbreakable. Mm. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Calling I, all those I'm a, from, Yeah, I'm totally a Samuel L. Jackson type. <laughs> I see. All right, so the thing that I found fascinating about these plane crashes in the Congo uh, was that it was they were so severe, people were sure that you had died. So they started writing obituaries for mm-hmm. you. Um, so... Did you get a chance to read any of those obituaries? Oh my that god, had did I? It was a dream come true. It was like when you get to, it's like, you know, you're like as close to dead as you can be. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying it was like a Tom Sawyer kind of deal because people would write like huge asshole, total jerk, glad he's dead. And I was that, like that was those were the obituaries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're like Ernest okay. Hemingway. Woo. They wrote <laughs> like oh, I remember that one. Finally. <laughs> Finally, he um, is pieced out of here. Don't have to read any more books. Mm. Books. Uh, They're too long. I know. <laughs> Tighten it. Tighten it. More now, time for physical activities. Now, reading these mm-hmm. obituaries where it seems like the world was glad to be rid of you. Yeah, collectively wiping their brows. Yes. Um, did you did you feel like that was like on point? Were you like, well, I did my job? Or... Were you like, oh, my God, I have to make some changes and really live better because this is how people think of me? Uh, it was a little bit of both, like doubling okay. down on both because I'm like, I'm clearly on the right track. <laughs> you know, okay. like, don't stop now. You're so close. So close to to being dead and everyone being like, hip, hip, hooray. Okay. What's the Christmas movie where he dies? Uh, um, it's a Wonderful Life. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But, yes. yeah but think like the opposite. Think like everyone's like. Finally, finally, um, he, um, and the angel also, comes and yeah. is like, you know what? You're the world Clarence, would be better. Clarence is like, wow, good call, bud. Yes, um, you jumped, and I'm just here to remind you that was a good idea. <laughs> Sick. Um, and then Sick, all, bro. and then also like, yeah, like I don't want people being mad at me, so I'm gonna uh, keep uh, just drinking gallons of mojitos. Mm. You know what would have been more effective? Mm. If you drank gallons of gasoline. Oh, instead. motherfucker, you're right. Oh, yeah. Then I you... tried that one time and I my body rejected it. I'm sorry, you. you I drank a how? gallon of gasoline and just then... to show I was stronger than chemicals. And I was. <laughs> Did... It was the most violent diarrhea I've ever had. Oh, so it was like poop. Gotcha. It was like poop. I mean, it was it... poop. <laughs> it it does... wasn't like poop. That's a writing <laughs> thing right there. It yeah. was poop. <laughs> then I would be like, simile. Simile. <laughs> And then, like an arrow pointing yeah, to point it, <laughs> just in case that you missed it. Similarly, there it is, dim shit. <laughs> was there was there an incident in your life that made you decide to drink all that gasoline, Teddy Roosevelt, or was it just you know I just want to see the, the the boundaries that my that my that my strong will can break through? No, I did that after my wife and my mom died within hours of each other. Wait, seriously? Like oh, that that actually happened, and it's pretty damn tragic. Oh, wait, yeah. that sounds suspicious. <laughs> Easy writer boy. They died Easy within an writer. hour of each other. That's, About thirteen or so hours. That's okay. not rough writing. That's, no, that's easy writing. That's, easy. <laughs> that's a free check. I liked that movie. Speaking of free check, how much was the life insurance? Ooh. Uh, from then, very minimal. But from my dad, it would have equated to around three million plus today. I lived comfortably, baby. Yeah. So he didn't necessarily need the money from his wife and mom. So you just wanted to murder them. Oh. Now you're throwing once on me. Yeah. <laughs> Look at you, writer boy. Teddy Roosevelt. You look so spicy. But I'm smiling like the Grinch. (laughs) I kind of rub your nipples a little bit. (laughs) Yes, and your heart is enlarging three sizes right now. Again, I really am trying to die. All right, so, Teddy Roosevelt, I read the story of your tragic wife and mother dying within an hour of each other in the same house. Mm. And I immediately thought, oh my God, what a poor guy. But I think Ernest Hemingway may have moved some lot of something here. Did you murder your first wife and your mom in the same house within an hour from each other? Hey, listen, you do not need to be coy here, buddy. There are no consequences to these murders. They happened over 100 years ago. Well, let's just say God thought they were too weak. I see. So you tested them the way that you tested your own body. Well, I hired a bunch of seals to come in and stab Oh, finally, it's their turn to club. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Ha <laughs> <laughs> 
Indeed. I believe that was their battle cry. <laughs> Hello, dramatic irony boy over uh, there. For those of you who are just joining us, this is Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn, and my guests today are early 20th century American novelist Ernest Hemingway. It's Britney, bitch. And 26th president of the United States, Theodore Roosevelt. I shot the sheriff. So... <laughs> Uh, let's talk a little bit about your first term as president, Indeed. Uh, uh, President Roosevelt. So you had a rather unconventional beginning. You were a replacement for McKinley's vice president who mm-hmm. died of a heart failure. Oh, that's crazy. Then only six months after being vice president, President McKinley is shot and dies, making you president another to very convenient wow. for Teddy Seems Roosevelt. Seems like you just walked right into it, didn't oh, you? Oh, oh, I know the people are listening can't see it, but I'm twirling my mustache that's like an, an asshole Excellent right radio. And knocking over a big house of cards. Yes. <laughs> I told you, Ernest, if you set that up, it's going to be Chekhov's house of cards. Yeah, you really uh, you really nailed it there, Hemingway. Yeah, let's talk Metaphors. about that. Metaphors. Did that raise any eyebrows at the time? I mean, it seems obvious mm. to now... Now that we're in the studio, mm-hmm. now that it's 2018, the three of us, we can all just admit that you murdered, you murdered your first wife, correct. four people, your first correct. wife, your mom, correct. Uh, uh, the uh, President McKinley's vice presidential uh, appointment, and President McKinley. Yes. You murdered all these people. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just in, uh, in an effort to propel yourself to the highest office in the land. I will save the folks some time. Watch House of Cards. That's <laughs> my life. Your story. Set it in my time era. It's House of Cards. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if anyone's watching it anymore. Replace <laughs> all the texting <laughs> with just telegrams. Me. It's just you, Ernest Hemingway. <laughs> I'm Wanting to, worst. you stop once they once they got rid of that garbage human Kevin Spacey. You were like, I'm done. Yeah, mm. I was like, Ugh. that is the reason why I was watching. Yeah. But, Anyways, uh, did anybody raise an eyebrow? Because it does seem really suspicious. Not if they were smart. I see. Mm. Yes, you see, all these people they had anti stances to my core belief. Mm. Trees. Trees. Trees? Yes, I love nature. I'm horny for nature. (laughs) I want trees to be everywhere. I'd be a tree if they'd let me, Mm. but God cursed me with a body I made strong, like a tree. Yes, I did indeed. Mm, I see. So nobody, for fear that you would bring the hammer of justice down on them as well, Mm -hmm. uh, nobody even questioned the the bizarre circumstances through which you became president of the United States. Not out loud, no. I see, I see. Well, you know, I mean, I think it's one way to rule, and you're saying that... Had you had you had your druthers, you would have been a tree instead of a human being. Yes, trees live a long time. They're strong and sturdy, and they make houses. Now, <laughs> now Teddy Roosevelt, you had an incredible will. Yes. You had incredible fortitude. If Correct. you wanted something, you went out and get it. For sure. Did you ever try to become a tree? Because it seems to me that if Teddy Roosevelt wanted to become a tree... Mm-hmm. He would, just he would be it. a fucking tree. And, and then he would have become a house. He would have That's been, the end game. <laughs> would have That's the end game. Be a house. <laughs> and I'll tell you right now, for the first time, I will fully admit, I became a tree. What? what? Yes, everyone thinks I died, but, but I became, became a tree. tree. I, I thought you might have been a little too young, a vigorous man like Kid Roosevelt, so, to mm-hmm. die in, at the age of 60. At some point, I just... To not I hit just, 69, at least. <laughs> oh, trust me, I had a long thought about that. It's like, do I live to 69? The Hold true- on it. Hold on a second. There are the famous 69ing trees in Washington, D.C. Oh, yes. my God. Teddy Roosevelt oh. is are are one or both oh, of those both. trees. You, I, I am half of those trees. Oh my god! Oh, okay. I'm, I'm a half of my body is those trees. The other half of me is the Sagamore Hill House, where you can visit on Long Island today. Oh wow! And Oyster Bay. It's a fun thing people in Long Island <laughs> That's do. Nice. You know, if you're over if Billy Joel retire, wants to visit, if Billy Joel wants to a visit, or <laughs> let's say you grew up on Long Island and both your parents are retired, that sounds like a fun thing they do on a fall. Afternoon. Go visit the house that was made. Go be inside Teddy, Teddy Roosevelt. Roosevelt. Yes, be inside me, Long Island. Long Island, be inside me. Let's um uh, move back over to. Remember that if you enter the Sagamore Hill House, <laughs> you are inside of me, Teddy Roosevelt. In the grossest possible connotation. Ah. So, 
going back to Ernest Hemingway. An easy transition. <laughs> easy transition. Uh, so you had some incredible uh, adventures covering the war effort during World War II. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's one thing in particular that I wanted to ask you about. So after the invasion of Normandy, oh my you God, sure. embedded yourself in the 22nd Infantry Regiment as it drove towards Paris. Mm-hmm. And during that time, I read on the Wikipedia that you became the de facto leader of a small band of French resistance fighters outside of Paris. Is that right? Yeah. Well, again, legally, I had to say no. Yes, I did read about that yeah. on Wikipedia. Here's the thing about the Geneva Convention. Mm-hmm. Uh, crock of shit. Uh, the Geneva Convention is a crock of shit. Yeah, you can mark that down. Okay. Ernest Hemingway. Consider it marked. That is a quote. Uh, the Geneva Convention is a crock of shit. Rules Ernest in Hemingway. war are mm-hmm. stupid. Interesting. That just like rules that. in just, literature. Just like writing in anything. If you write something down, it's dumb. Gotcha. Okay, so just by virtue of being written down, yeah. rules Things are Things should be dumb. communicated only in cavemen-like grunts. And body language. And <laughs> Ursula. I was going to say the hand Hello. jive, but that's fun. Hand jive. That's why we're doing this radio and podcast. Yeah, we're born it is to not do it. written. <laughs> Thank you again for having us, Jared. You're a nice man. You're welcome. So, uh, you're so, so I read this on the Wikipedia. Yeah. It is technically against the Geneva Convention for just random people to just like ass- straight up randos who are writing them, things, assign themselves uh, as leaders to- of resistance movements. Sure, uh, is it illegal? But yeah, yeah. But is it? Not illegal to be um, insanely strapping and go in front of a bunch of soldiers and say, I'm your king now. I don't know. Look that up. Well, in the that, that is illegal. That's oh, okay. illegal. <laughs> I allow okay. it. That sounds fucking what, awesome. What I read on the Wikipedia was that your justification for that was that you said, I didn't I didn't lead them. I just gave them advice. Oh, was I, was I like... better at soldiering? For sure. <laughs> was, was I good at? And also, like, you know, I don't know if you've seen Saving Private Ryan. Yes. But you would notice that I'm not in it. That is true. You're That's not in, true. Not in there at all. Because if I was, the movie would be three seconds long. It would have been uh, Ernest Hemingway running on the beach. Private Ryan. Uh, three seconds long. That's just, what we call a Hemingway quickie, where I'm from. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you were saying because I would because I would run into buildings. Everyone would blow up because mm-hmm. I'm in it. Okay. Uh, trying to die. Gotcha. God gotcha. won't let me. You would be just be hmm. jumping in front of bullets. The bullets would be moving away from yeah, you very and into other people. Like, yeah. Yes, but but unintentionally because what you desperately want is to die. Um. So yeah. So so your justification for this was you just gave you you weren't leading them. You're just giving them advice. Oh my god, is it illegal to give advice, Jared? No, no, no. That's how you got off. That's how you got off of the Geneva Convention. Oh, cool. That, that's how that's how you were uh, exonerated. Was that you just said I didn't lead them. I just gave them advice. Which is like. If that was like uh, how you could get off of any crime, mm-hmm. if please you like, keep talking <laughs> about how you get off. Yeah, I'm, I love it. Uh, also, drinking up currently. Yes. Sorry, folks. Um, so I wasn't like, gonna say oh, anything, so, like, but yeah, it's a yeah, great like if, view like, in the studio right now. Like, like if Teddy had you know committed like let's say four murders, and mm-hmm. he was like, I was just giving them advice okay. on how to be dead. Yes. Okay. You know, and I now, see how that works. Now they're Via free. a seal. Via, <laughs> via a team of seals. So I just wanted to ask you. Yeah, then, fire away. Seal team if, six. So, so you would like get up in front of these uh, French resistance fighters and you would say, uh, go attach explosives to that Nazi stronghold over there. And then you would say like, or whatever. That's or, just what I think would be a good I'd idea. I'd be like, oh yeah. You know like when someone gives you like their script? <laughs> And you have to, like, give notes. It's kind of like that where you're like, oh, you know, it would be a way better joke. This way better joke. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, take it or leave it. Mm -hmm. So it would be Mm -hmm. like, oh, you know, I bet if you, like, aimed better at the Nazis, they Mm -hmm. would be more dead. But what do I know? (laughs) I spend too much time in Cuba or whatever. That seems ironclad. Mm -hmm. Nothing Uh, wrong with Cuba. Let's take it. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot that you guys both had... Intimate, intimate relationships with uh, with the island of Cuba. We Cuba. both had sex with Cuba. Yes, we both had sex with Cuba. A shame we never got to tag team it. Uh, the Devil's Triangle. <laughs> triangle. We'll do it with God. Okay. Hello, this God. Is still alive? If you're we listening, are... we want to fuck you. We are quickly running out of time. Uh, oh, no. So let's just add a couple of a couple of more questions here. 
so President Roosevelt, yes. uh, seems like you were very, when you were president, it seemed like you really liked to get your hands dirty, really liked to get involved in the minutiae. Indeed. Is it true that you attempted to change the one of the rules of football while you were president? Is that right? Yes, I wanted to add a gun to football. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That sounds, uh, that tracks with everything I know about you. Yes, indeed. Uh, you also pushed Congress to pass the Meat Inspection Act of 1906. Yes. Uh, so this is the first attempt that the government made to regulate food and drugs. Is that right? Yes, I thought there weren't enough guns in meat. <laughs> we gotta shoot it. No, if you get a steak, there should be a loaded gun in your steak. Gotcha. That is not what I thought that the Food and Drug Act was doing. Yes, it's a failure now. See, yeah, the Wikipedia suggested that the food wasn't pure. Because it, it didn't have a gun. I see. I see. Okay. Um, that was that was the injustice that you were correcting, was that the food did not have guns in it. Correct. Uh, okay. Uh, last uh, couple of questions. There was the assassination attempt in 1912. Yes, yes. You tried to kill yourself? <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't Hemingway that one. Ah. Uh, there's a man. He shoots you in the chest. The bullet goes through your steel eyeglass case and through your 50-page speech into your chest, and you still give the speech, 90-minute speech, blood soaking into your shirt. Is that correct, Mr. Yeah, Hemingway? that's insane, but I... <laughs> But I did that. It seemed almost, almost surprised to hear yeah. about myself. Honestly, I could have blanked it out of my head because that's fucking insane. Do you remember? Because I think if I was in the crowd and I saw that, I would be like, oh, go to the yeah. hospital. Actually, most of the crowd did not notice. Only a handful of people saw the shot. Okay. And then I just kept on going. I was the Energizer Bunny, if you Interesting. will. Interesting. So yeah. this guy shoots you, and you just keep on. This Show must go even, on. Not even a pause. From my body was above. rejecting the bullet, <laughs> and the audience was accepting my speech. Did So you say that a couple of people did notice. Yeah. Who, obviously, the shooter noticed. Correct. Okay, who else noticed? No one that's alive. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, so then you wow. murdered the witnesses. Do you, you say murder? I say sent a team of seals. Sent a team of seals. Seal team six. Oh, six seals. Six seals. Mm -hmm. All right. And one of them was named Chris Pratt. That is fascinating. Okay. Uh, I believe our final question will go to Hemingway. Thank so there God. are a few wild stories from your life that I just wanted to list a couple of them, mm -hmm. and you can either confirm them or deny. Some of them people are very certain happened. Some of them it's just conjecture. Okay. Uh, so just you tell us what the real story was. Is it like lightning round? Or? Uh, well, you can take as much time with these as you like. Okay. Uh, so first question. People say that you were recruited to work for Soviet intelligence before World War II. Yes, I was awful. You were bad, you were bad mm -hmm. at it. Oh, so bad. What I don't, this, what because I'm not sure if I speak Russian. <laughs> <laughs> well, we we had this with with uh, your French issues as well, because mm -hmm. you could say bonjour. I think. Could, did you, were there any words that you thought you could say in Russian? Da? Da? That's, I think that means yes. Da means yes. Da means yes. So, okay, yeah. so kind of. You can speak a little Russian. So then what, what did the Soviets try to get you to do then that you were so bad at? Hard to tell. <laughs> <laughs> did they never say it in English? Okay, so they just basically talked at you in Russian for a while, mm -hmm. and you were like, da. Da, da. <laughs> <laughs> Is this a Coen Brothers movie? <laughs> I love those movies, gotcha. by the way. Did you do anything in Russia or hand off any papers to Russians that maybe would make people think that you were... Uh, actually contributing to their efforts that you were signed being anything they handed to me. Okay, and uh, mo mostly drunk. Okay, so kind of, of forgot most of the whatever. I feel like that's a given. Yeah, For anything that yeah, we yeah. Let's just put that under anyway. And he was drunk. Uh, that's my yes. bird. Next one, you convinced the Cuban government to uh, fix a boat so that you could ambush German submarines off the coast of Cuba. Again, that was a suggestion. <laughs> So you're safe, the Geneva Convention. Mm -hmm. uh, last question. You forced your third wife to travel to Europe during World War oh, II. I can't believe she told you this. Uh, in a ship filled with explosives because you would not help her get a press pass for an airplane, which would have been very easy for you to do. Okay, well, it started like a prank. Okay. Or like, you know, like your ribbon, your, mm -hmm. your significant oh, other. Oh, yeah, go on a she was, like, she was like, can go I get on the plane? I was like, explosives. where's your press pass? And she's like, I, I need you to get. And I was like, I guess you have to go in the big explosive boat. And then she's and like, then, there's other boats. And then there's I was like, no, 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 no. 
no, 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 no. You have to go to the explosive boat. And then I thought, oh, okay, well, I'll close the door, be really funny about it. But then the plane took off. Your plane took off. Yeah, oh, because well, I was driving it. Oh, <laughs> It's a miracle you landed that thing, you drunk asshole. <laughs> Try, I wow. tried to blow it up. Wow. And so, and so know, she, yeah, she, she took arrives. the explosive boat across the entire Atlantic. Ugh. And you're like, oh, boy, is my face red. Yeah. I can't believe this happened. Because in real life, when I landed, I got in a car crash. <laughs> That's true. That is true. <laughs> Damn. As because you were drunk. Trying to kill it. Uh, unfortunately, that's all the time that we have for this week's episode of Famous Dead People. Uh, I'd like to thank my guest, President Roosevelt and Ernest Hemingway, for joining me in the studio today. Last question. Do either of you have any like comedy shows or Twitter accounts that you're really big fans of? Teddy Roosevelt, anything you want to tell people about? Well, you see, I'm a big fan of this comedian, Brendan Goggins. And he's on a sketch team called Newport, which performs the Magnet Theater. Their next show is on December 17th at 7.30 at the Magnet Theater. But you can also follow that comedian who I love dearly. Isn't he a sexy man? He is at B underscore Gawkins on Instagram and Twitter. Okay. And uh, Ernest Hemingway? Also just a huge fan of Dominic Russo. Wouldn't really call him a comedian. Wouldn't call him really anything at all. Um, He's going to be directing and in a show called All Star, the best Broadway musical written by Alison Frasca, which is a uh, Rodgers and Hammerstein style musical, but the only song in it is All Star. (laughs) That's going to be on Wednesday, December 12th and Thursday, December 13th at the Theater Center on 50th and Broadway. RSVP at allstarmusicalrsvp at gmail.com. Uh, and also follow him at DFR247 on Instagram. It's private, but he'll probably accept you. That sounds great. Uh, I am, of course, your host, Jarrett Berenstein. You can check out all my stuff at JarrettBerenstein.com. Buy my book, The Kellyanne Conway Technique. It is out now, and it is hilarious. Uh, if you're listening to this on the radio, please find the podcast, rate and review, listen to all the old episodes. Oh, excuse me. If you have any questions that you want to ask your favorite dead person, hit us up at famousdeadpeople at radiofearbrooklyn.org. We love hearing from fans. We love getting suggestions for people to have on the show. We are here every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bully again. (laughs) Bully again. All right.